Since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, global health systems have been challenged like never before. As time and resources were directed towards responding to the virus, it was the dedication of healthcare workers that kept services running. Amongst the uncertainty, our hardworking Queensland clinicians have continued their pursuit of excellence, innovating and adapting the way they work to ensure consumers always receive the best care possible. To them, the pandemic was an opportunity to learn and grow and to ensure healthcare delivery continues to evolve to the ever-changing landscape. Because if we've learned anything from the last two years, it is that things will always change and our clinicians will always rise to the occasion. We can't provide truly patient-centred care without having the voice of consumers at the table. Be it at the kitchen table or via Zoom, lived experience is the only way to learn what our community needs. These projects leverage meaningful partnerships to redesign the way they deliver care with drastically improved outcomes. Dr. Penny Larkham, I'm a general paediatrician at the Gold Coast University Hospital. My passion is actually looking after adolescents and their families and uh, it really uh, fulfills my day to be spending my time with young people and helping them navigate life and their choices. So thank you for your time today. I'm going to talk about, I'll give you a bit of a preamble before I talk about the ambulance plans because functional neuro neurological disorders are probably not so well known within the general community and I wanted to give you a bit of a background and also about our outpatient program that looks after young people experiencing these issues. So what are functional neurological disorders? They're a, a range of somatic type symptoms and what I mean by that is they get physical symptoms related to underlying stresses like anxiety. And another way to think about it is an extension of a panic attack and if anyone's experienced a panic attack, it feels like you're dying, you're experiencing your heart racing, you feel sweaty, you feel yucky. In the same way, when a young person or an adult has significant stress, they can have these neurological type symptoms. And they turn up to emergency departments, there's consideration of epileptic type seizures or strokes, and uh, they get lots of investigations and then told that everything's all right. And they are told to go home and there's a sense of feeling that this is all in their head. So it's really misunderstood, both in the, in the medical arena, but also in the general public, and a sense of isolation often um, with these types of presentations. So the main types that we see in our young people are non-epileptiform type seizures or pseudo-seizures. They look like seizures, but their brainwaves are normal and they don't require any medication. And the other aspect can be troubles with walking and, or dissociating and sort of passing out. So who does this affect? It affects, comes on in adolescence and majority are um, our female population. And it's related to often school-related difficulties or stresses within the family. The good news is that in our young population, the majority do very well, and um, 60 to 80% of our young people fully recover. However, there are some that have ongoing chronic symptoms and into their adulthood. So how have we been looking after our young people at the Gold Coast? The traditional management um, for young people with functional neurological disorder is actually an inpatient treatment. So tertiary centres in Sydney and Melbourne and, and Brisbane have a two-week mission into hospital where they have rehabilitation, usually with physiotherapy, to try and help the young person get mobilising again and uh, more functional physically. However, um, that takes a time, a toll out for the family. Um, they need to be in hospital. Parents need to take time out of work um, to support them. 
We have um, developed an outpatient program, which is called the Horizons Program, where we do our rehabilitation in the home setting. And this allows a young person to start to attend school and learn to manage their symptoms within their natural environment. And also helps the, um, the parents to get back to work and to be able to um, continue to function appropriately. We have a thorough assessment um, process where we understand what is going on for that young person, what is the triggers um, for their attacks, and help that family have a positive diagnosis and understanding of what it means. And this really allows um, a sense of understanding and confidence in what is going on and that there's nothing serious from a medical perspective in a sense of um, safety. However, this is still a really significant ongoing um, stressor for the family. We aim to improve their function and um, part of that is being able to attend school, access education, um, be able to sleep well, eat regularly and uh, you know, access their normal social context, um, going out with friends, attending parties. So um, what we've been able to achieve with our outpatient program, we have a multidisciplinary team um, with physiotherapy, psychology, OT, is that we've been able to integrate um, young people back to their environments with majority of our young people being able to attend school full time within six months and often without ongoing symptoms. We've been able to reduce the length of stay for our um, hospitalisations with these conditions, um, saving um, on average 10 days of inpatient stay per patient. And this has certainly um, resulted in a significant saving to our health service. The other thing is that we've reduced um, hospital you know, utilisation in, in the sense of emergency presentations. With a positive diagnosis and understanding what it means, um, the family really feel confident in how to manage symptoms and therefore are not continuing seeking emergency advice and holding up our emergency service. So why do we need to then use individualised ambulance plans? Well, when we are starting out and we're in the home environment and we're integrating back to school and um, getting back to life, we do expect that symptoms don't all, all of a sudden stop. And the things that young people experience would be things that look like seizures, so um, having movement, shaking of the limbs or passing out. And this often may happen in really social contexts in the community, at the shops or at school. And then what often happens is the ambulance is called and they're brought to the emergency department. And it's really confusing for young people and families because they've been told that this is not an emergency problem, this is a mental health problem. And they then are having to explain themselves to the emergency department, go through investigations that are often unnecessary. And so this can be um, quite tricky in that initial stages. And there's another group that also have chronic remitting symptoms that require a longer time in their recovery. So what we um, did was collaborate with um, the ambulance service and what was um, really great was that opportunity to share the individual patient's story with the Queensland Ambulance Service and give a picture of what their normal presentation was like. What did their episode look like? What was the typical picture? And what would we expect um, sort of management that they would need? Then for when they had an episode at school, ambulance was called, they could assess that this was within the normal limits of their normal presentation and then were able to be taken home to recover at home rather than going to the emergency department. This was quite actually easy to do. Um, the ambulance officers were really accessible, easy to communicate with, and we're really happy to follow this through. And there was a backup safety measure that if the presentation didn't fit their normal picture, that normal procedures would still continue so that they were concerned they would still be brought to the emergency department. So what have been the benefits and outcomes? Well, certainly there have been, I guess, across the range, um, lots of benefits, particularly to the family and the young person. So certainly through our rehab process, we've been able to 
really reduce the anxiety about going back to attending school and feeling that confidence that if they have an episode, that the school know how to manage, have a plan to follow, um, that there's the backup of the ambulance if needed. And that really helped them to really try and start get, going back into their, their normal environment. And also the reduced impact on the family. So their child's been able to start to attend school, they can be able to go back to work and certainly saves as the resources of the family. The ambulance service has also benefited. So while they're still being called, they're able to take the young person home. And this has meant that they're not um, sitting in our emergency department and often ramping. And when we looked at what the impact of these um, services was, is that they're often spending hours um, waiting to be seen, up to 12 hours for some patients. And therefore, it's actually freeing up our ambulance service to actually access emergency calls. And then for our emergency department, significant reduced ED usage. So we were able to improve patient flow. We're not holding up our emergency department. And also we've actually saved a significant cost saving for our emergency department and we've actually saved 85 emergency presentations. So that's the number of times since we've started this that young people have been able to take directly home. And that's been an estimated cost saving of $176,000. So I guess what are the lessons we've learned from this is that we can collaborate quite easily with um, other aspects, Queensland Ambulance Service and schools, to really develop an individual plan for our young people who are experiencing functional neurological disorders. And we've been really been able to educate the community and young people more around this condition, which is certainly um, ramped up in the context of COVID um, with increasing adolescent, young adult mental health presentations. And this is part of that. And so what we found is our program has been really centred on um, what our young people want. They don't want to be in hospital. They certainly don't want to be a burden. And what we're actually doing is really providing centred care for that young person to be able to be heard and understood, have a positive diagnosis and a real understanding of why they're having these physical symptoms and then being able to work through their underlying mental health issues, whether that's significant anxiety or depression. Also, they've been able to get back to their normal life as, as early as possible, um, which is just a bonus for our young people because um, they're our future. So thank you very much um, for the opportunity to talk today. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.